And welcome to Detention. Joining us this week for the politics and news edition of the Detention Podcast, we have Henry Kissinger, Sandra Day O'Connor, George Santos, and then the Iowa Teachers Union. So another good mixed bag uh, for the most part. All the people that I listed first uh, are kind of pieces of shit, and we'll get into why. Um, however, Cody, what you got for me? So with Sandra Day O'Connor, we're going to be talking about her. Um, did you know that picking a Supreme Court justice is a lot like crossing a river? I did not. You know how? Uh, sure. No, I don't. It all comes down to Roe v. Wade. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Either row or wait it out. Gotcha. That's a good one. I thought you'd appreciate it. That's pretty good. On topic, too. Just like sports. See, you do yours on topic. I, I gave, love it. I gave up on that. <laughs> it's totally, not that hard. Totally gave up. I just prefer to do just dumb dad jokes. Fair enough. All right. So, starting off, we want to talk about Henry Kissinger dying. Um, so, the controversial foreign diplomat and for, former Secretary of State Henry Kissinger dies at 800. So, you know... Uh, death does die. Weird. <laughs> Weird. Uh, getting into, you know, I'm just going to bad mouth him the entire time. He's a pretty big piece of shit. So uh, the f- he has been accused of committing several war crimes during his time as secretary uh, during the Vietnam War. Um, he was the one that certified the bombing of Laos and Cambodia uh, when the U.S. had uh, an inclination that whatever you want to say or not is true to an extent that the Viet Cong were running uh, munitions and uh, weapons and stuff like that around South Vietnam through Laos and Cambodia to supply the Viet Cong in the South. That's, you know, true. However, he made the statement and that was reiterated by president Nixon of that. Anything that flies will have to strike anything that moves. So basically he upped the bombing campaign so much so that like two point whatever million tons of fucking uh, bombs were dropped uh, since that initiative was started, which is more than what was dropped in fucking World War II. Um, many scholars also believe that because of this a- action in Laos and Cambodia, that it drove Cambodia in the next several decades toward their genocide that they had that killed 1.7 million people, which is about more, a little over 20% of the country's population at that time. So you want to talk about domino effect of why the U.S. feels like we need, at least at that time, to get involved in different Asian countries to stop the spread of communism, which, hey, did not work. You want to talk about a domino effect with this of like, hey, we're going to bomb the fuck out of Cambodia and then we're going to back some dude that then is going to do a fucking genocide of his own people. That's a direct effect right there. Yeah. So not a good guy. Um, he ironically won a Nobel Peace Prize for his involvement in ending World War II, or not World War II, Vietnam War, though. Did you know that? No. Yeah, so Henry Kissinger, fucking arbiter of death, in my opinion, won a Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, the irony. Isn't that? I know, super ironic. Uh, he did serve as National Security Advisor during Ford's presidency until 1977. Uh, he helped orchestrate the opening of China when Nixon was president. So if you want to say there's some, quote, good... He opened up China like it wasn't a thing before, and he was like, hey, look at this well, theme park. before this, China <laughs> was very much closed off to a lot of the Western world and economies because, you know, they were communist, <laughs> so they didn't really want to. Um, but it was a high priority uh, during Nixon's administration to kind of be the first Western power to then negotiate and then 
trade and get involved with China because they saw how much, you know, fucking slave labor is there to be exploited. And natural resources. And natural resources. So, you know, he was uh, at least helped orchestrate that. He played a role in increased U.S. involvement in supporting brutal regimes in Argentina, Chile, Indonesia, and Pakistan. Love that. So, you know, the people that we back to get rid of someone who we believe is communist is actually a piece of shit. Happens more than you think. Um, this could also be why Indonesia and Pakistan have had conflicting, have been conflicting zones since the 1970s. That sounds about right. You know? So, a whole lot of good, this guy. Yeah. Fucking live to 100. So spite does keep you alive in some way. Uh-huh. The more people you murder. <laughs> maybe uh, that's a secret. Maybe that is a secret. The death of young children. <laughs> cool. You know what? You were so dry with your humor. It just, I love it. He's not a good guy. <laughs> he is. He was not a good guy. Pretty uh, evil. But you know what? We didn't win Vietnam. Thank yeah. you, Henry Kissinger. Yeah. Well, we'll write good things about him in the history books, even though he not a great dude. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, hopefully we don't. Did you have anything else you want to say about the Arbiter of Death? Yay. All right. <laughs> well, I guess in some slightly better news, and I'm saying slightly because she, you could actually say, uh, did some good things. Uh, Sandra Day O'Connor also passed away this past week at the age of 93, uh, she was the first woman to serve on the Supreme Court um, after like 170 whatever years of it being exclusively men. Uh, she was nominated by President Ronald Reagan and then was certified through uh, Congress. Uh, Chief Justice Roberts, uh, John Roberts, said in a statement after her death, quote, A daughter of the American Southwest, Sandra Day O'Connor, blazed in a historic trail as our nation's first female justice, she met the challenge with undaunted determination, indisputable ability, and engaging candor. So, pretty good praise there. Uh, continuing on with some of her accolades, um, she was well known for her issues on abortion, where uh, she upheld the 1973 Roe v. Wade decision, <clears throat> breaking from her conservative colleagues, stating, quote, some of us as individuals find abortion offensive to our most basic principles of morality, but that can't control our decision. Our obligation is to define the liberty of all, not to mandate our own moral code. Agreed. So, you know, a very uh, Republican classic there of true, my personal beliefs say that abortion is bad, but I'm not going to say that no one else should have it because what? who am I to take away their legal rights? Exactly. So, Which is what you're supposed to do as a Supreme funny. Court justice. Funny. Isn't that how that's supposed to be? Weird. But, you know, again, Republican classic, that's how it was supposed to, and now it's not what it is now. Right. Uh, she was awarded the Medal of Freedom by Barack Obama in 2009. So that's a pretty good thing. Um, in 2018, she did make a statement saying that she was diagnosed with the beginning stages of dementia and then probably Alzheimer's disease. Her husband did die of Alzheimer's as well. So ultimately, that is what caused her to pass away, was basically Alzheimer's disease. Love that. Yeah. So that's, that's what we wanted on the Supreme Court. Well, Alzheimer's. Well, she didn't have it at the time that she was serving. She left um, in like 2006. So she wasn't on the court until 2018. 
she just was on until 2006 and then stepped away. At that time, from the article that I read, she basically said that she was leaving the Supreme Court because her husband was progressively getting worse with Alzheimer's at that point, so she just wanted to focus on taking care of him. So she left, and then that's when Bush nominated whoever the fuck uh, to take her spot. So, But she served on it for 25 years or something like that, so pretty long time. Um, there was a lot that I read in the article um, where she was pretty good friends with um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg um, and was actually very appreciative of having another female on the Supreme Court and actually thanked Clinton for it to have another woman on the Supreme Court. So, you know, she does respect having at least uh, mutual colleagues of hers, even though they have wildly different op- different opinions on law. Um, she was very much uh, happy to see that it was expanding to more seats for women. And now there's four on there. Yes. So it's gotten even more since her time. Anything you wanted to add to Mrs. O'Connor? Nope. Okay, <laughs> good. We'll get into the other big one that happened this past week. George Santos is finally expelled from Congress. So this past Friday, December 1st, the House representatives officially voted to expel the New York Republican representative. Uh, the vote was 311 to 114 to expel him. They only had to have like 290, so they got 21 extra votes than what they needed. What I thought was very interesting is that of the 100 or of the 311 that voted to expel him, 105 of that was GOP members. That's a pretty big whoa. <laughs> um, I did see that like two Democrat uh, House members voted to keep him in, and then eight uh, did not vote. Uh, but other than that, all Democrats voted to get rid of him. So. There's some good news there. He is just the sixth member of Congress to be expelled. Now, keep in mind, of the other five that were expelled prior to him, three of those five were literal uh, Confederate soldiers after the Civil War. So, good reason there. And (laughs) the other two were convicted felons. Nice. So, very similar to what he's probably going to have for him. Uh, the reason for why Santos was expelled was due to the multiple reports of and federal charges that he had against him uh, since he first took office in 2021. Um, a lot of those, and we've talked about them, were like fraud, uh, where he stole money from a veteran fund for a service dog is one of them. He also routinely lied about him being Jewish um, or him not being gay or him having some weird family history that is not in any way truthful. It's He's just a compulsive liar. And what I thought was interesting is from all, like the weeks leading up to it, and people were talking more seriously about one holding a vote and stuff like that, he kept making comments about how, well, all oh, this is totally unfounded. Like, I'm, I didn't do any of this stuff. And then he would go on to tell another lie about who he truly is and it's not even real it's like you're just digging your hole deeper if you would just shut up i think things would be a lot better for you uh apparently he came out and said that he's got uh, this isn't verbatim obviously but he's got like receipts that he's gonna spill out to people and like Mm -hmm. 
destroy the Republican Party. He's like, yeah, yay, yeah, <laughs> do it. I don't care. Right? Sure. I mean, it just again makes you makes that party look more dysfunctional. We all know they're dysfunctional. Um, he did make comments uh, prior to the vote that he should stay and remain in office until the investigations are over to actually prove if he is guilty of these things. It seems like a pretty good f- for foregone conclusion that he did do a lot of the things that he's charged for. So I don't think there was any reason to wait, and they got rid of him. Well, at least they can do something, right? Yes, the Republicans did do a good thing this past week. They got rid of a member of their own. And I did see that um, there was a lot of talk within the party for Republicans, obviously, of like, well, we already have a slim margin. Do we really want to expel someone from our own party? It's like, if you're asking yourself that question, you also need to get the fuck out. Right. Why would you even consider, oh, this guy who has been charged with like half a dozen federal charges that seem very credible and likely to get him convicted and you're considering the fact of keeping him on just so your numbers are up. Right. That's that's the thing. Is is that's not the question that should be asked. The mm-hmm. question should be asked is is this person going to do what's best for the country? Yes. No? Okay. No. Let's get rid of him. Exactly. Not is he going to help us stay in power? Absolutely asinine. Yeah, it's the whole R&D next year name thing and it doesn't quite make sense to me, but you know, both sides are kind of playing that. Oh god. To an extent. One, obviously, I think more severely than the other. All right. Uh, Man, we're just whizzing right through these. Let's do it. Uh, The next news story is kind of more specific local news that happened within the state of Iowa. I'm curious. And I don't have specific notes up on this, so I'm just going to try to hunt and peck through the article that I have. It's from KWWL.com, which is the local news affiliate for uh, NBC in this area. And I guess I don't see the specific author for this article i wanted to give them credit but i guess i don't i don't see it um but essentially what has happened is that um iowa's largest teachers teachers union along with um penguin random house which is one of the biggest publishing companies in america oh i've heard of penguin yeah yep I've bought in several of their books for in college because they have yes. good they have good editions of just random books that you need for whatever humanities yes. courses, um, as well as authors Lori Halsey Anderson, uh, John Green, uh, Melinda Lowe, and Jody Picoult. Picoult, all are in with this lawsuit. Uh, in the federal court of the Southern District of Iowa, as well as the Urbandale High School. Um, I don't know. It just says joined by the Urbandale High School senior, a librarian, and two middle school teachers. So, whatever power they have, but they're just they're just tied to this major lawsuit. Um, this is all going back to the Iowa book ban that was signed into law by Iowa DUI Kimmy Reynolds um, this past May which the ban itself is supposed to ban books depicting sex acts uh, that are in school uh, that are in schools and classroom libraries, um, but does not include an exemption for religious texts like the Bible, which the Bible has sexual acts depicted. So that's kind of interesting. 
the lawsuit is asking a court to block the book ban provisions for of the educational law, arguing it violates the First Amendment right to free speech and the 14th Amendment's Equal Protection Clause in the United States Constitution. The lawsuit argues that the Iowa education law does not meet the definition of obscenity as defined by the United States Supreme Court. So that's kind of an interesting little tagline there. Uh, on Tuesday, the American Civil Liberties Union of Iowa and Lobda Legal filed a federal lawsuit arguing that the law, quote, seeks to silence LGBTQ plus students, uh, erase any recognition of LGBTQ plus people from public schools, and ban books with sexual or LGBTQ plus content. The lawsuit was filed on behalf of the Iowa Safe Schools and seven Iowa students and their families. So that's basically the main rundown, but it's nice to see that there is at least some pushback on this because I remember when we first talked about it, it was a huge big thing and a lot of different organizations were wondering how to handle something like this because at least in the state of Iowa, it's pretty unprecedented. And starting at the beginning of this new year on January 1st is when the law officially becomes active to the point where any administrators, schools, teachers, librarians, or other school staff could face penalties for violating this specific law, including termination or loss of their professional education license. Which I think we talked about how the first offense goes on the school district. The second offense, then the Iowa Board of Education gets to determine if the particular staff member or teacher or whoever violated that law would then get their license revoked or not. And I think I talked about this last time we talked about this, but with the teacher shortage we have, why is that a good idea? It's again, I mean, it's not in the first place, but well, yeah, it's not a good idea in the first place, but we've talked about this too, of like the conspiracy behind why do a lot of these conservative States keep pushing these narratives of trying to one, get rid of what they think are obscene books, which in all actuality are not. I wonder if they think obscene books are Fifty Shades of Grey, because I can almost guarantee you that'll be kept in, because it's straight sex. Well, I that's a good question. Um, I don't know any Check of... Check your library. Check your library. Uh, and then call DUI Kimmy and be like, can I read this book in school? And see what she says. Um, but to also go back to like the conspiracy thing of... I think it's I think it's three pronged. One, they want to get rid of these books because they think they're obscene, which in all actuality they're not. Uh, two, they hate anybody from the LGBTQ plus community, and they view this as another way of trying to make them of a lesser citizen than someone who is a, a conservative heterosexual religious zealot. And then thirdly, they also don't like public education which is being, you know, um, at least reinforced in the state of Iowa with that voucher bill program that the state passed this past year too, uh, where I think they're just trying their hardest to make public education as just broken as possible so that the state does no longer have to actually fund it and they can put their money towards whatever else they fucking think they need to put money towards private schooling and vouchers and stuff like that, because it's a lot easier for them to just, not have to take care of a public service and then just get rid of it and shift it and put the blame on somewhere else. This is kind of, it's not off topic, but 
It kind of is. So with the idea, because obviously it's a conspiracy rabbit hole, but the idea that if we get rid of public education and funnel money into private schools, wouldn't that technically make that public education again? I mean, to the degree of, well, yeah, you're you're giving money to schools. And I'm not saying they're going to put all their money in. Right. It, but if they want kids to go to school and they're not funding the public sector, students have to go to school somewhere. But then the public and then, then public money would be going towards private, private schools. But I, that, yeah, that's would already, that not make it public school? Um, no, because the whole point of public is that it can basically be free to you. If you go to a public school, they're still going to charge you. Or a, a private school, they're still going to charge you. So even if the some money or whatever, if public schools fail in the state of Iowa, if that money that they're like, well, we're not going to fund public schools anymore, we're going to shift our focus to maybe giving a little bit more money to private schools and then taking whatever's left and distribute where, anywhere else that they want, private schools are still going to charge up the ass for any of the students who are no longer going to public schools to go to them. And I want to say it makes those private schools public schools at that point. I cannot go down this rabbit hole more about how bad of an idea this is because I'm going to. But if public education becomes no longer a thing, you know how many kids are not going to go to school? Well, yeah. Because they won't be able to afford it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's illegal. Let me rephrase that. It is illegal for you not to go to school if you're under the age of 16. Yep. So... You're going to have no way for, what, probably three-fourths of the state to not be able to go to school? Well, what they would do is they'd institute charter programs, which are basically private schools, but they wouldn't have, like, the outrageous tuition that you would need to go there. But you would still have to pay. Like, I'm pretty sure yeah. for a public school, I had to pay, like, $50 a year or something yeah, like that. Yeah, things have changed now to the point where it's generally free. You just have to maybe pay for like a school laptop because that's something that's like an additional thing yeah. that schools the charter used to schools have. still are more expensive. Oh yeah, they'd be more expensive. They'd be like the kind of middle quote middle ground between a public and a private school. But that's what I'm thinking is what they're trying to do is that they're trying to make public education so broken that they will then have to institute charters for people again private individuals to open up their own schools. They're just charter schools. And then similar to private education and their school systems is that, well, there's no state regulation on them. So they can teach whatever they want, and it has, it's not tied to anything specific, which, uh, is, what, yes. which is what and the state we, does. And then we have no standard. Exactly. And I, I, again, I think a lot of Republicans want that to happen because they, they don't see the value of funding public schools. Instead, they would rather buy new fucking air fighters and jets and bombs and stuff and put the money towards other things. I have had so many issues with this same concept mm -hmm. in different facets of my life. And I'm going to tell you the one that I compare to a lot. So my fraternity at UNI is no longer around. There's multiple reasons as to why that's a thing. But one of the biggest reasons that I believe personally is that, so we had different classes. So pretty much, per year it ebbed and flowed a little bit it was like you did a certain amount of semesters but like it was pretty much per year you were in a different group right mm -hmm. you started off with sigmas you did phi you did epsilon you did brother mentor you did those things in sigma class i mean this is public knowledge it's not like i'm breaking any secrets here but 
you pretty much learn about the history of the chapter, right? You learn who the president, or like not the presidents, who the founders were, what our colors are, where, you know, all the good information that you would learn during like a, like a pledge system, Mm -hmm. but you're not getting like hazed or anything. You just learn this stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, um, at the end of the, the class, you just more or less get quizzed on it and then just see what you know. Well, towards the last few years when I was in it, it wasn't cohesive. Like one class would learn about the history. Then the next class would learn like none of the history and a bunch of shit that didn't matter at at the time. It mattered just not at the time. Mm. And I kept trying to put in people's ear. We have to have this structured because we all have to have the same baseline. We all have to have the same foundation. Mm -hmm. If we all have the same foundation, we all have the same goals in mind and we can move from there and we can grow in our strengths, but we all have to know these basic things because we all need to be on the same level playing field and then we can go out from there and figure out what we need to grow literally how every institution ever works right so with translating that into public education Mm -hmm. the point of standards is so that everyone has the same baseline and has the same basic knowledge Mm -hmm. you take that away and you change it to charter schools who can do whatever the fuck they want someone in northeast iowa will know probably not how to read and people in Northwest Iowa will be like, I don't know, scholars and be able to read a hundred miles a minute. And that is just not in the same like galaxy of what should happen. Like it just, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And I mean, that's an argument for just like national education across the board, like going into the don't ban the, Comparing, Department of Education either. Comparing uh, an Iowa graduate to like a California graduate from high school, they have, I'm sure, some similar um, baselines or uh, things that they go off of. It's not going to be 100% the same, and it's hard to compare the two students because I would imagine that a student who graduates from a California high school probably knows a little bit more about shit than a high school graduate in Iowa. That's just my guess. Because the education uh, seems to be better in that state overall. But if that's already a concern nationally of like, how can we compare a student from the Midwest to a student from the South or from the East or West Coast, right? Because they don't have the same level of education. It's just going to get even worse to your point of like in the state itself of Iowa, how is someone from Waterloo going to be able to prove that they know the same thing as someone from southwest iowa or even hudson right down the road or even hudson i mean it's gonna be so wildly different the classes of education that some of these if it goes to a charter system are gonna have it's gonna be non-comparable you can't say for certain oh yeah this kid over here has the same knowledge and iq level as a student from over here unless you test them and then what test do you give them right to There's a, no standard. To determine, well, which of these students knows more about something? How is a college at a public university like you and I, Iowa or Iowa State, going to be able to make the determination of like, oh, yeah, we can accept uh, these groups of students because they did well with whatever fuck classes they had at this charter school, but we're not so sure about this other school because we don't like what they teach. It's going to be creating an unfair system in education. Yeah. 
And public education is supposed to be the leveling force for yeah. all of it. Because again, it's supposed to have same basic structural standards across the entire state. And then beyond that, you can start to fiddle with things a little bit more. I mean, and even going to the idea that like, let's, I love using Northeast Iowa as like an idiotic area. Well, don't do Northeast because Northeast has decorum. Northwest, sorry. Yeah. Do Northwest because that's like, that's like Cheyenne, Sioux City, the fucking boonie area. So let's say there is actually one person in there who wants to get out of that shithole of the corner and do something with their life besides smoke meth. That's old line. That's kind of more our area. But um, (laughs) if their schools aren't teaching the basic knowledge that they need to know and they want to go to the University of Iowa and let's say like I'm going to school in Cedar Rapids, right? Southeast part of Iowa. But we have two completely different like education uh, bases and we're taking the same test. I have all that knowledge. They have none of it. Mm. But I couldn't really care less to go to school, but I'm going to do it anyway. Mm -hmm. This kid wants to, but just doesn't have the education behind it. That's not even remotely fair. And so for these kids, they don't know any better. They're just thinking, hey, they're they're teaching me what I need to know. But they're probably not going to. Yeah. It's, you know, asinine. Again, all that is just my base conspiracy. I mean, it seems... Rabbit hole. I mean, it seems to happen across in different states, then... Not unironically, they're also Republican GOP-led states. So there seems to be a, a, a kind of a systematic push from one side to do certain things. Unfortunately, we have a um, governor who is part of that and seems to be trying to do very similar things to that. So that's where that conspiracy really starts to take hold of like, well, is it too far-fetched or is it just kind of continuing on with what they've been planning for a while? Who knows? Going on to surprise topics, this Mm -hmm. one actually transitions nicely, so I'll actually start. Okay. So our idiot of a governor, I think we've talked about this, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure on here, has backed Ron DeSantis. Mm -hmm. Well, she's already backing a loser, and we've talked about why we think that. And we, I don't know what he's doing, because (laughs) he went on and had a debate I don't oh, know if you've seen this. You're going to talk about that. With the, Gavin okay. Newsom. Yeah. Who is a governor, I think. Uh, yeah, he's a governor of California. and But he's not even a presidential candidate. And I was just going to say, to add on to that, he's not running for the Democratic nomination. He's just the governor of right. California. I don't know how and or why he decided debating with a non-presidential candidate was going to be a good idea. Or an idea to have anyway, because yeah. he keeps saying that he had like this uh, governor Newsom has a shadow campaign and he's like, nope, President Biden's the elector or the the choice for the Democratic Party. He will still be the choice for the Democratic Party come next year. Mm-hmm. I'm not running a campaign. So they had it out and it was on Fox. Sean Hannity was the uh, moderator. Yes. Uh, so. Yeah, whoever thought that was a good idea makes no sense. Well, it was hosted by Fox, so of course they're right. going to have their primetime guy moderate it. Um, but I actually read another article than the one I have in front of me, but uh, 
he he lost pretty much. Whether he won or lost was I didn't actually read it, but from this part you can easily see that he lost it. Mm-hmm. Where um, <laughs> Newsom said about how Governor DeSantis handled the COVID outbreak in Florida is that he did the right thing and he listened to science. And DeSantis goes, no, I didn't. That's a lie. Hmm. Why is that a bad thing? Why is it a bad thing that you listen to the science and you saved the lives of a lot of your constituents? Mm-hmm. But because he is a Democrat and he said you listen to the science, she's like, no, I disagree with you. That's a lie. I did not listen to science. I have to say this to my base because if they hear that I actually did something faith-based in science, uh, I'm now the bad guy. Because, you know, a lot of Republicans and GOP voters hate to see that, you know, oh, you listen to science and you got vaccines. What are you, a liberal? Yeah. Yeah, this this is a great quote, though, so I, I do want to put this out there. Newsom said, one thing that we have in common is neither one of us will be the nominee for our party in 2024. Yeah, that's a good slam. <laughs> I saw that. Um, overall, I would say that uh, Newsom did beat him. Yeah. Everything that I saw, <clears throat> again, I didn't watch the debate in its entirety, but everything that I saw of different clips online, and again, they probably were, you know, cut in a way that made me think a certain way so there's that out there too but it did make it seem like his points and his uh specific speeches or uh statements that he was making at DeSantis were very much rooted in specific facts things that you could actually look up and see that they are legitimately true Ron DeSantis's again were more based off of like making a political polar divide right, a culture and, war. and making it more of a culture war. Nothing super specific. The point where I could say that Ron DeSantis lost was that um, he wanted to bring up uh, San Francisco as, you know, it's a very, it's a liberal city. It's supposed to be a very good city, but he wanted to bring up the point of how it's covered in poop, literally. Like there's shit everywhere is what he's trying to tell the American people. So he holds up this image of this map that he took a picture of off of a line that it's an app where people can report where they've seen human feces in the city of San Francisco. And if you, when you hold up the map, it's just a bunch of brown dots just everywhere to the point where it covers pretty much the entire city. But I saw a guy on TikTok break it down of like, well, one, this is reported over several years. So of course there's going to be a bunch of dots all over the city because it doesn't update or get rid of them once they've been cleaned up Two, the owners of the app said that it's easily confused with animal feces. So it's not a hundred percent or even what they remotely think would be majority of human shit. That's all that these people are reporting. Um, and the third one was that once reported on the app, the response time to cleaning up the feces is pretty quick. So, Factoring in all three of those, and Ron DeSantis is trying to show the governor, like, your 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 state is shit and your cities are filled with shit. It's like, well, yeah, when you have outdated data that isn't legitimate or rooted in any type of actual fact, and it's actually cleaned up in a reasonable amount of time, sure, it does look like that. Right. <laughs> like, it's, it's so, again, he's not smart. We've said that. Our governor knows how to pick them. Oh, she sure does. 
All right. My surprise topic is called stamp in history is what I called it. So this goes back to me thinking, why are things worth so much money? So there was a, a couple of stamps that were inverted Jenny stamps. So one of the first gliders that appeared in North America for when invention of flight and stuff like that, the, the Jenny or the aircraft itself is inverted. So it's upside down because it was printed wrong. But it still says U.S. postage, twenty four cents in its normal tone. It's just that the image is flipped and upside down. Uh, well, it sold for two million dollars at auction. So there's that. Um, it's again, it's a biplane that is shown the wrong way. Um, the particular stamp is noteworthy. That is the glory inducted rush stamp, making it at the time. The workers who are printing the sheet accidentally placed the Jenny upside down. It is a single sheet of 100 so-called inverted Jennies that sold more before anyone caught the mistake, and they have become treasured collector's items since then. Um, it's an, quote, icon of stamp collecting, according to Scott Treppel, who is the president of the Siegel Auction Galleries in New York, and an expert in the stamp field, which if you have your name tied to expert in stamp field, I think you're a loser (laughs) in my opinion. Sorry. Um, But the fact that it sold for $2 million at auction is what I wanted to kind of uh, hyper fixate on. Cause why is something that is like that worth $2 million? It's not a piece of parchment that was written on by fucking Socrates. So why is it worth that much? I don't know. People are weird, man. They do dumb shit with their money. Well, yeah, we've talked about this with the fucking Jordan shoes and some other things that I can't remember they brought up of like, why the fuck does it cost that much? Or again, going back to my argument of like art is kind of just fucking pointless in some aspects, except for the golden toilet that was stolen from, um, (laughs) what's the fuck his house? Yeah. Can't remember who it was now. Uh, fucking British Prime Minister. Blanking on his name. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, Winston Churchill. That's who it was. But yeah, that's that's basically my on topic. Or uh, surprise topic. Because more things are worth money than what they need to be. All right. Any closing statements? Nope. All right. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of the Politics and News edition of the Detention Podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please spread the word and encourage others to listen. You can follow us on Twitter at DetentionPod1, or you can send us an email at DetentionPodcast1 at gmail.com. You can listen to the Detention Podcast on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And with that, your detention has been served. We will see you again next week.